Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Pro Wrestling Index. I'm your host as usual, Guy Drinkle. And joining me are my two regular guests, especially when it's for big pay-per-view season, Alex and Tadio. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing very well, Guy. I know we said last week we weren't quite sure what Mania would be, but we were all relatively excited about it. But I tell you what, that Mania just blew it out of the park. And it was so nice to have something I could wake up and genuinely set my alarm to, other than university classes online that i don't give a shit about so it was fantastic to be able to get up and and watch that magnificence absolutely it, absolutely so almost surprisingly awesome wrestlemania especially part two well we're gonna get to that people um today how are you hey guy not too bad yourself yeah all good all good still, still locked in the old house um so we get to do these podcasts, and as you said, you went back and listened to last week's podcast because you're that bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that was quite interesting. I, I did it to get our our predictions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we will we'll return to them. In, it, it's matches because I lost. Um, um, but yeah, let's get another card. Let's go. Let's get into the card, right? Cesaro v. Drew Gulak on the first night is pretty short. We didn't do predictions for these because we didn't know it was a match. <laughs> um, it was four minutes long. Cesaro won. It's nice for Cesaro to get a win on WrestleMania. Is that about it? Pretty much. Yeah. I'd almost assume, you know, uh, this was just a wrestling showcase to, to sort of the entree for us to be like, oh, yes, remember, we have excellent wrestlers here, so we can send at any point two excellent wrestlers to go out, have a little match, and just get you, you wet your appetite a bit. Um, and, yeah, Gulak and Brian is a fun thing. Cesaro needed a win. Why not? And that's pretty much it. Um, so today was first proper match, let's say, of, of WrestleMania was... Bliss, Cross, Applesauce. Say yes, say it. <laughs> yes, say say the tag team name, Guy. Beating the Kabuki Warriors, which, well, for me, was a bloody shock scene as I picked the Kabuki Warriors. <laughs> um, which was a bit of a surprise for me, because I thought the, the Kabuki Warriors would keep it for a little while. But um, it, I think it's fair to so say this was surprisingly a good match. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Actually, 
I think all the women's matches this weekend were mm. really good for me. Um, I thought in terms of, I think it suits maybe Kyrie and Oscar a lot more, these, these type of matches, because I know in Japan um, there are matches um, wherein, I, I think, is it Noah, wherein they showcase matches without commentary. So, the, you know, the performers have to be sort of the, the voice in terms of how they express themselves in the mm-hmm. ring, the back chatting, you know, be very loud and stiff with your shots. And I suppose that's where, you know, the strong style of, of Japanese wrestling then yeah. evolves from. Um, so you can see that with Kyrie and, and Asuka, and you can see Asuka's been the, the, the MVP of the Rona era. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed the match. I thought Alexa and... Um, Nikki Cross came to the party and 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 were really good um, foil to Oscar and and Kyrie and I think Alexa's improved quite a lot in the ring. Um, she's one of those people that I think always will get stick, maybe because of the way she looks, but also she gets booked. She's pretty much always in a title picture. Um, it seems like somehow, um, but I, I think credit to her, she's improved a lot. And I thought in this match, she showcased how much she's improved. Yeah, I'd agree with all of that. I, re- I really would. I think I've always quite liked Electra Bliss, to be honest, for, for many reasons. <laughs> um, but she's, yeah, I agree. She's she's improved, especially in the ring. Um, her and uh, Nikki, I've, I think most people thought it'd be some storyline where one of them turns on each other, but it, it's kind of been somewhat of, considering the shite start it had, and it was quite bad at the start i think it's kind of settled in quite now and quite a good established team and they have good chemistry uh, especially now that they're playing on nikki cross nobody can nobody in america can understand the word she's saying and stuff like that um so i think i think it's working quite well um alex you actually picked i'm not gonna say it again you actually picked bliss and cross to win um so you made you made bliss cross applesauce yeah no no that's, that's who i picked no you actually picked them, whereas me and Teddy were picked the Kabuki Warriors. So, happy days for you. I did, yes, because my reasoning was I think they're going to get Asuka back into the singles picture. Her sort of program with Becky was was really good. Um, and this is coming from someone who, I mean, I seemingly always at pains to say, I don't think Asuka's that great. But uh, this whole match was fantastic. And going back on what you said about Alexa, she's always been extremely good at the sort of intangible pro wrestling things. She's got great facials. She's got this sort of charisma where she's always like, you look at her and she's always doing something. She's always either being like really bratty or really mean, or she's pulling a face or she's doing something funny. Like she's, she's, she knows how to, to be a good wrestler without necessarily doing great wrestling in the ring. Um, but she's come leaps and bounds in, in terms of that latter respect. So yes, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that they, they've won. And I like that they, they, that WWE especially sort of played with the idea that everyone's always turning on their partner. If it's a, if it's a renowned heel gone, that's gone face and that Nikki's like, yeah, everyone said she turned on me, but guess what? We're besties. And now we're actually tag team champions. I really like that. Um, it, came across like that and and Taddy was absolutely right in terms of both these teams knew how to play well to the to the crowd um I think on the whole of night one a lot more of the team a lot more of the matches rather were were better suited to not having a crowd there but night two sort of more fun stuff happened 
So yeah. it was an interesting balance because I I came out of night one thinking, Jesus, night two's it's going to be hard for night two to beat that. It's it's been fantastic, and then night two. It sort of started differently, but I had to get accustomed to it. So this was a fantastic start, I think, considering, again, there was no crowd. Uh, the Gronk stuff was going to uh, sort of that, that was underlie the whole thing. I know you don't want to mention it, but it was sort of underlying mania the whole time and the way it started in the 24-7 belt. But, like, this was a proper start to mania, even if you toss aside the pre-show, and I think it was a good one. Yeah, 100% agree. 100% agree. Um, we'll move on to Elias v. King Corbin. Why? It was it was okay, but it was pretty much a, something that could have made an event in SmackDown. That's pretty much how yeah, I feel. Yeah, that's, that's the issue. I think it was here for filler more than anything. Mm. Well, I'll do the prediction because there's not much to talk about. Today, where you did Corbin and uh, me and Alex did Elias, and Elias won. Um, as we said, Corbin retired Kurt Angle. Last year, and he lost to Elias this year after a Sucks. year of losing to Seth and Roman. And Roman. One King of the Ring in between, but. And Becky. And Becky, yeah. And, it's ter- just, and uh, turned it's... Chad Gable into Shorty G. Yeah, he deserves a... better. He deserves at least a win, and it sucks that he doesn't get it, but the match was shit, so. Mm. I don't think it was shit, it just wasn't. don't think it was WrestleMania worthy. Considering yes, it was Elias it v was, Corbin, I don't think it was as yes. bad as it should or could That's have probably been. true, but it was also noticeable how it, the, it made the lack of crowd noticeable, and it made the, it made the lack of proper storyline noticeable. If there was a the crowd, this, wouldn't talk about anything. If there was a crowd, this would have went between Braun Strowman and Goldberg and the yeah. Undertaker match. It would have been filler. It yeah. would have been piss break match. Yeah. Uh, so do you have anything to add other than? You picking Corbin. And me actually deciding to check my notes. Um, it's just to correct myself, it's stardom, not Noah, where there, there are no commentators uh, and the have to. Oh, uh, yes, that's true. Up. Yes, it is. <laughs> it would help if I checked my notes. Um, right. And then also, I think my only comment is just can Corbin get a win? We need a strong heel, heel yeah. um, on SmackDown. <laughs> no, He's so annoying. He's SmackDown. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but he's brilliantly annoying though, and he can't back it up by saying he wins things, except for King of the Ring. And King of the Ring, shit. But he was fantastic in that. His he King was. Of the Ring was. Well, his, his his run. I mean, they should have built on that. They should have just had him against loads of midgets. It could have topped out. I don't know against Rey Mysterio or something like that. It would have been. Or even do his do his anti indies gimmick, exactly. where he's like, yeah, all those these dumbasses from Ring of Honor. Who don't know how to talk? Yeah, I'm going to squash them all because they're small. Like that, it would just be they could have they could they should be handling him so much better. I was watching um the the Brock episode of the Ruthless Aggression doc the other day, and I forgot that old King of the Ring, you won King of the Ring, and then you got a title opportunity at the next big pay per view. So his title opportunity when he won King of the Ring, this is like three months into his WWE career, was against The Rock at SummerSlam. I don't know why they don't do that anymore with King mm. of the Ring. It's just an after, because it's not even a pay-per-view now. It's just something you do on no, TV. It's, it's just, just a, a tournament, shit. yeah. Like, even the, even the final was on. It was, I think he got bumped from a pay-per-view, didn't it, or something like yeah. that. So, yeah, I think yeah, I think you should either make it a, a network special, even though there's not going to be fucking anything on the network anymore <laughs> next year, um, um, or 
as I say, just incorporate over a, a month or two on a couple of pay-per-views and maybe have it SummerSlam time or something. Not our SummerSlam, because we can't even fit any more matches in that. Um, <laughs> just this whole night yeah, dedicated to yeah, King of the Ring. absolutely. But King of the Ring does need a rethink. But I, yeah, It does, yes. Becky v. Shayna. Hmm. Probably the weakest women's match. I'd say it was. Yeah. I mean, I... To be to be fair, I really liked it except for the finish. I might be a, like, I think on my it was own getting there, but there. I thought it was quite good. I yeah, think it was getting it, there. It, needed, it, ended, it, it needed an extra five minutes. It was only eight it minutes. It needed a finish that wasn't so abrupt. It was eight minutes thirty. Whoa, was that short? Sure? Like Fifty minutes from that, Randy Orton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that absolutely. Twenty minutes. What well, you think minutes. for comparison? I know there was five people in it, but the SmackDown, I the weakest championship or the weakest book championship was 19 minutes, 20. Mm-hmm. Over a... And it was probably the best women's match. Yeah. I quite enjoyed um, Charlotte, yeah. to be fair, but very, very different. Very, different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, we've talked about this in the group chat, but there is, there seems to be some interesting, and we've actually talked about it on the podcast before, some interesting like dilemma about where Shayna goes because Vince wasn't that high on her. It does seem like Triple H basically forced Vince to, to know, like, no, come on, do this. Well, Triple H and Heyman, because obviously it, it was obviously Heyman's idea for Shayna to go over like she did in the Elimination Chamber. Um, and then the storyline, in my opinion, the storyline that they were going to do with Shayna beating Becky and Becky going on a spiral was completely derailed by lack of crowd and being in the coronavirus era. So because you like Becky was being cocky, pompous, 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 arrogant, Conor McGregor all the way until the first show, the first roar without a crowd when she arrives in that truck in the performance center, but Mm. then her promo is very, I'm not taking you for granted. I know what I'm up against. Yeah, I'm confident, but that doesn't mean anything. The so fl- I think they flipped they... it around on the raw, didn't they? I don't know if you've watched yeah. it, but they flipped it and said yeah, she... yeah, have... Shayna was overconfident and stuff. Uh... Yes, and Shayna cut that promo where she said, "Pain of, uh, sorry, agony of defeat, pleasure of victory, agony of defeat, pleasure of victory. I'll make you feel the agony of my defeat," which I thought was actually a very clever promo and a clever use of words. Um, but. Yeah, I do wonder if they've shelved that for SummerSlam in our grand eight-night SummerSlam event, or if they are going to go onto that for money in the bank, and then maybe this is Shana's... Maybe they're going to flip it around to do this is Shana's sort of derailment moment and moment to recovery. But I found it very interesting how similar the finish was to the Ronda match. It was almost too similar. It was almost like... mm, Copy, unless you're copying li- a bad finish to another match mm. not a good strategy. <laughs> but, uh, that's the thing. Unless you're going to play on that, unless you're going to play on how Becky is lucky, which I don't think you can do because she's been champ for a year. Well, mm. not enough. Um, I don't think you can do yeah, it until Ronda comes back, really. Mm. And you can't have Ronda come back without a crowd. So I think it's very curious to see where they go from here. 
Yeah, very curious. I'll do the prediction and I'll, I'll let you have your um, two cents, Tadiwa. Uh, Tadiwa, you pick Becky. Alex, you pick Becky. And Gar, you dickhead, pick Shayna. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Tadiwa, um, what, what, what did you make of it? As I said, I, I thought it was the weakest of the women's match. I, don't, I, I think it's well established. I, mean, I don't tend to enjoy Shayna matches. I thought it was growing into one of the better ones, but it just felt... Even five five to ten minutes short, really. Considering Becky main evented WrestleMania fucking last year. Yeah, I, I I felt shortchanged as well, and I was really really irritated with the finish. Um, especially when you know you've taken away Shane's nickname, which I'll never get over. Um, but <laughs> you've now given her the nickname of being the cage fighter. Does she not watch tape? Like, does she not watch her, her matches back? Her finishing times? move has one weakness. <laughs> She's always <laughs> beaten by it. <laughs> Literally the same time, the same thing every time. Every, and what made it worse was if you watched Raw, um, the Raw after Mania, Oscar was in a similar position against Liv Morgan, and all Oscar did was roll to her side <laughs> and, like, kicked out. And I was like, mm, you probably shouldn't have put that spot into the match considering what just happened at Mania. Um, it just made her look even more silly, and I, I think they need to start finding a, a smarter finish for 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 if they're going to use a finish in that sense. Um, I'm I'm sick of it. I, I don't want to see it again for a good like three four years. Well, that new move she's got the um, double underhook spinneroony into a not spinneroony but spin around into sort of that twisting cutter. That's actually quite a good move. I thought that was going to be a new finisher to get away from having to end it with. The Karafuda clutch every time. Yeah, but yeah, it seems like she is still ending with the Karafuda clutch every time. It's it's odd. Yeah, but the match itself was was good. I liked that it was really fast paced. But mm. I think I thought it was fast paced because it was going to lead to a longer match. I didn't think it was fast paced because it was you know going to be short. short. Yeah, yeah, because they had, it had been cut short. I thought they were going to slow it down a bit later on, and then and then give it an extra five minutes after that. So that was really irritating. But the, the, the I was waiting. Short bit that they, they had, I enjoyed that. I was waiting for the cere- the moment where Becky would start getting cerebral and start showing off and being like, "Guess what? I can do it too. I'm going to taunt you. I'm going to muck around with you. I'm going to I'm going to you know torture your arm and set you up for my submission." And, but I, I again, I'm not sure they ended up going that way. Maybe they wanted to at the start, but yeah, it was a curious change of direction. I'll say that. Yeah, I think this will be one. Um, this will probably be long term booking, as we said. There's, um, there's no crowd, so there'll probably be no pay per views for a long while. We don't even know if our twelve night SummerSlam will be safe to resume then. So we might be doing a twelve hour long Hell in a Cell or something in November or whatever. <laughs> yes, but also remember the well. There was an advertisement for Money in the Bank, which is supposed to happen the twenty first of May, I think. That was noticeable in the middle of WrestleMania Night One, where they said that they had the, the regular ad, and I was just like, "There's no way that's happening." Yeah, not at all. <laughs> Especially that America's like what a month behind the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So that's not really happening. Um. Let's move on to. I'm going to say the most disappointing match of the night, or of the uh, two nights, actually, by far. Sami Zayn v. Daniel Bryan. 
we had, I think we had a couple worries going into this match. I mean, it was either going to be match of the night or it was going to be a huge disappointment or it was going to be a squash match. And it was the disappointment. It was stupid gimmicky bullshit on the outside. Sami Zayn not allowed to wrestle for for whatever reason. Um, as it, like in these times, like if I could understand all this nonsense, if there's a crowd there and you and it's a smackdown, but this is WrestleMania where there's no crowd. Just let the wrestlers wrestle. Like just just let them do the thing. Made no sense. Made no sense. Yeah, I get it, but also at the same time, Sammy's extremely good at basically whatever he does, and I was still entertained by this Sammy Zayn. I think it's just a shame that they're not letting him wrestle anymore. And like I do, I completely agree that it's annoying. Um, but credit to him, it was still extremely entertaining watching him sort of try all these different ways to get out and sneak out. Because he, he's really good at what he does. Just, you know, let him be excellent. Yeah, but you can do that and still let him wrestle. He doesn't have to do backflips and stuff, but he can still wrestle. It's a no, you know, I completely agree. And he shouldn't have those fucking trousers on like a gimp. <laughs> if you they, wrestle in they, dress trousers, you, well, yeah. Whatever you can, you're, you're, yeah, you're a bit of a twat. Um, anything you had to do? Then I'll come to you on the uh, the ladder match. Um, I think just the fact that in an alternative universe, this match would have been match of the year contender. Um, mm. and I think I called on early on. Um, that it wasn't going to be that type of match. So I, yeah. I just decided to enjoy it for what it was going to be. Because, um, yeah, it was a shame that it wasn't the blockbuster we we know they could pull off. Um, I found it really funny when, early on in the match, when Sammy rolled out the ring and he was asking the ref, how long is the correct count? Is it 10? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant banter. Um, and, and Sammy's capable of that. He, he's got that in his locker. It's just, I suppose this is where he's pigeonholed at the moment. Mm. This went a minute longer than Becky's match, by the way. <clears throat> FYI. See, that's, that's strange. The, the fact that he, certain matches probably went too long. I mean, we can say what we want about Braun versus Goldberg. That went that too long as well. <laughs> well, I mean, it probably, it probably went too long as what it was, but it was yeah. still short as hell. But yeah... I, I'm still perplexed by how short that Becky Shana match ended up being. Hmm. Anyway, we've done that. We'll move on, but it's just very strange. Very, very strange. Uh, we all picked Sammy, by the way, for predictions. Um, um, today were the ladder match, which I think we kind of, I think it was Alex who called that. It'll probably be turned into a singles triple threat. And we expected this would be a good match, and it was. Yeah, it was really good. And the only thing I, I really felt that took away from the match was the fact that these guys killed each other in in a match that I think they put on a match that would have been amazing in a in a stadium arena filled with like seventy, eighty thousand fans. And um, the spots that they were hitting, um, you know, it, I thought it was really inventive. Um, even the finish was quite inventive. Um, yeah, it's just a shame they didn't get to do it in front of a live audience. Um, in terms of the, you know, we're talking about empty arena and all that. I, I really enjoyed Jimmy Uso's, um, sort of like banter throughout the match. I think if they, if they're ever going to do like an NFL, have someone mic'd up, uh, he would be number one on my list between him, KO maybe, 
as well. Um, I thought he did really well with the with the back chatting at the, and the mm-hmm. comment running commentary throughout the match. And then in terms of who won it, um, I'm, yeah, I'm happy with Ms. Morrison winning it. Uh, their diss track on the kickoff show was amazing. Um, <laughs> it's titled Hey. <laughs> hey, hey, oh, ho, Ms. Ed Morrison. Hey, hey, oh, ho. I, I, I'm, I'm really happy that Morrison has come back to the WWE and that they partnered him back with The Miz because The Miz is always low-key one of my favorites. And I think he's found a whole new, you know, gear, especially with Maurice not being on the road. I, I thought that took away from him a lot. So now he's got another partner, but an in-ring partner this time. So I'm, I'm really happy with that. Yeah, and but in terms of how the match finished, I thought this would have been a unique opportunity to have like some sort of three-way split where, you know, because when they grabbed, when they unhooked the the thing that carries the belts, usually that's how the tag matches are won. Yeah. Surprised that they then carried on fighting after it was unhooked. I thought that's what finished the match. Oh, you know, it's got a half and a gun on SmackDown. <laughs> so, exactly. so, so then, um, so then now it, it's been unhooked. And Kofi was holding the the whole the, the 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 gimmicky thing that holds the belt. So I thought it would have been fun if he had kept holding that, and then Jimmy grabbed one belt and Morrison grabbed the other, and they both mm. ripped off at the same time. Kofi's left holding the that gimmicky thing, and then Ms., um, Morrison's holding a belt. Jimmy's holding a belt, and it's, you know who who's the one that won the match? And I thought they could have then carried it on from there, but if it had to be just one team winning it. I'm happy it's Miz and Morrison. Hey, hey, ho, ho. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Alex, anything to add before I open my phone because I've lost where I've put the predictions? <laughs> Miz and Morrison. Hey, hey, ho, ho. Miz and Morrison. That's just, it's just great. It's brilliant. Uh, the finish was excellent. Um, I'm almost certain that it's happened before, but I can't recollect where I've got a vein. I think Ziggler did it with money in the bank when it sort of fell. It might've been when he was world champion, but um, yeah, I've, I've got a vague recollection of someone grabbing the belt and Mm. then being knocked out and the belt falls and they take it because technically it's, you have to hit your feet, have to hit the floor in possession with it or something. I don't know, but um, still it was a brilliant, brilliant finish. Uh, yeah, Jay doing the going to flatten your face like a pancake boy was fantastic. I think it was just a really, really, really good way of using the lack of crowd to their advantage because the spots didn't require the sort of suspenseful, oh, my God, what's going to happen? This is, this is going to hurt because they were able to use some cutting with stuff. Like when Jay was pushed off, um, they clearly cut so he could land on a crash mat and not absolutely destroy himself. Uh, which is the big thing, right? Because usually, I imagine wrestlers just run on adrenaline because they're so banged up most of the time that, like, shit, they must just be completely adrenaline-fueled every time they go out, so the pain must not be strong. Whereas now, those bumps are going to hurt four times as much. Um, and so that's why using, I think, using everything they had in the disposal to their advantage was, was really good. And some of the spots were fantastic. Uh, Kofi going through the sort of through the ladder. And then um, in terms of throwing through the under bit, springing himself through it. That was a fantastic spot. Um, I, yeah, the finish was great. Yeah. It was all just very, 
smoothly done, which you were always going to expect, but with no crowd, you were sort of like, I wonder how smooth it can be. And this was also the sort of moment where it really picked up because the um, women's tag match was good. The Obviously, as we talked about, the finish to, to the women's uh, Robin's title match was slightly odd, but it was still a decent enough match, whereas now this is where it absolutely takes off. And this is where WrestleMania really kicks into gear because everything from here on out on both nights is, yeah, sensational. Well, apart from one match, which was two minutes long. One match specifically, <laughs> yes, yeah. but it's a very easy to ignore. Yeah, and I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, apart from the finish. I wasn't expecting that. Um so we'll move on. Uh, we all picked Morrison. Um, or Miz and Morrison at the time. Um, we'll move on to uh, KOV Seth, which was, Alex, I think just fair to say it was kind of a strange match, obviously with the, the what would you say, intermission in the middle where the, where Seth buggered off. Um, felt like it probably could have been a DQ match from the start, uh, but it kind of grew into a, a really good match, I thought. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was, um, yeah, in terms of once it evolved into what it became, I thought it was fantastic. Also used the not not having a crowd thing to its advantage. KO having his Mania moment nearly stolen from him and then restarting as a no-DQ match, I think gave it a nice bit of uh, jeopardy because certainly I was on Twitter and everyone on Twitter was prepping their what a bullshit finish tweets and then all of a sudden they went, oh, oh hang on, this is why we should be patient. Um which was, yeah, it was nice. Uh, but then everything sort of in the post-match revolved around that ludicrous spot from KO jumping off the off the stage, which was awesome and brilliant. Mm. But, God, that must have hurt both of them. I was so stunned Seth didn't jump out of the way. I was so expecting, like, oh, God, KO's going to die. Seth's going to pin him. And then KO's going to have the storyline of, well, I tried everything I could and then I was my own worst enemy. But now we get sort of the opposite, where Seth Seth on Raw was fantastic. Just his, his expression was brilliant. And then KO's promo was great too. So now we get KO in the Ascendancy. I think Seth will be totally fine. I know we questioned whether or not Seth really... like. Well, sorry, we questioned whether Seth could survive without this win being the co-leader. But I think the fact his cronies weren't there helps that. Um, and also, yeah, it's, it's Seth. He's built up enough credit in the bank that everyone will take him seriously because I assume he'll probably still face Drew. After Big Drew. <laughs> after show, yeah. After show takes <laughs> three more matches. Oh, oh God. Um, yeah, just before I go over you today with predictions, uh, you picked Seth and I picked KO. Um, so yeah. The one you got right. The yeah. one alternative pick you got right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, fuck you. You picked Randy with me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> don't bring it up I still can't <laughs> believe I did that oh dear um, so do thoughts on this match yeah I, I thought it was a really good match and it was one of the matches where um, once again I think night one was better at this where the, the guys that are talking in the ring they're not just talking for the mm. sake of it you can see that there's um, a method to the madness and, and it flows with the match I thought, um, yeah, I was I was disappointed with the pause, but then obviously then excited once once they addressed that. In terms of Seth Rollins, I don't know why he's still doing the buckle bomb. 
like it's already injured so many people and it's not that great a spot that it needs to be on TV and it's worth the risk, in my opinion. I think you should just get rid of that thing. Um, not it's, just it's, that. Why is he still doing the stupid sunset flip off the top rope? Yeah. Every time he does yeah. that, I'm just like, Jesus, his knee, what's he doing? Yeah. <laughs> Especially with bigger lads. Yeah, it's just not It's not worth it. I don't think it's worth it. Um, and then I think credit to Owens in terms of leaping off something every WrestleMania. Um, it will be interesting to see what he does next year. I just thought Hell as in well. A cell. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought as well what was really clever was usually in those big spot moments where you're jumping off something, you usually wait for the crowd to, you know, to, to cheer or gasp or to realize what you're about to do. And then you soak that in and then you jump off. But because there wasn't a crowd, Kevin Owens just got there and he was just like, YOLO. And he just ran and jumped. He didn't even like walk <laughs> up to it and then jump. He just ran for it and jumped. And I'm pretty sure that he did that on purpose because Kevin Owens is just that brilliant. And, and he's that smart when it comes to wrestling. So I'm pretty sure he, he notices those nuances and knew there's no reason for me to pause up there. Um, yeah, so I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, fun match. Absolutely. For, I think fun's the right word. Perfect. Um, Braun v. Goldberg, uh, it was what we wanted. Not what we wanted. It's what we expected. Uh, two, it was literally two moves done four times each. Yeah, it was eight. It was eight moves technically, but they were the same move each. Uh, um, and they, I wonder how many times they they practiced trying to get brought off his feet for the jackhammer, and then just went, you know what? Let's just try this. Oh <laughs> uh, dear me! Yeah, um, Alex, we'll start with you because you picked Goldberg with me. I mean, is it a surprise that Braun? Well, I think it's fair. So it's pretty clear we're not Braun fans. But they, it seemingly they have simply just swapped in Braun for Roman in like both the senses of result and the match, obviously. Um, whereas I think me and you thought, well, Goldberg will win and then he'll drop it to Roman eventually. Um, but no, Braun won. Um, after losing the Intercontinental title, he got a match at WrestleMania. Logic. Yeah, extremely fortunate, I think we can safely say. Uh, I think Braun is still the placeholder doing the exact same role as Goldberg would have done. I think the reason I picked him most of all is because I think they really wanted to do the spear versus spear thing. But as Taddy says, the spear versus spear is a better match to do without a title. So really, why'd the Fiend... Well, actually, I was going to say it was pointless for the Fiend to drop it, but no, we, we got the Firefly Funhouse match, which, if there was a title on the line, would have been even more weird because then it would have needed to be a referee and the Firefly Funhouse match could not have a referee. So you, you know what? Referee, it was Jumper Bro. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm not sure if he's technically qualified <laughs> in the realms of WWE he, as a you know he's referee. Got a, you know he's got a black and white jumper underneath the oh, jumper. Yeah, he absolutely. <laughs> absolutely does. The jumper's the most important thing, though. But yeah, um, it's Roman's title. And uh, it, it's, it shatters me that Roman couldn't win it like that because, I mean, I completely understand why he wouldn't do it, but it's just, it's Roman's title. They're just, it's, he deserves it not just because of the leukemia thing, but because for the last year he hasn't been in the title picture at all. They've kept him out of it. He's had good matches. 
I mean, not all of them, given exactly. he was working with Corbin he then for a had while. The Corbin feud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, Roman so deserved to take it off Goldberg because I think that's the entire reason Goldberg had it. So to see it on Broad now is sort of be like, oh, well, oh, well. The one silver lining is that Roman got Braun's best matches of his career out of them, out of him the last time these two faced each other. So this program should at least be somewhat fun. But mm. Roman should just get the title before SummerSlam because I'm oh, I I'm curious. I would have oh, oh. so this is interesting now. I, our eight night SummerSlam spectacular. I would have said the Fiend versus. Roman is what they do, but now I wonder if the Fiend will take it back off Braun. Ah, oh, and then Roman beats the Fiend. Nah, that's, that's hard to do too. They it's avoided curious, it's, that in the first place. You can't do it and then have Roman beat the Fiend. People will boo the shit out of it. Yeah, I know that's true. Yeah, that's no, that's actually yeah, that's absolutely true. So yeah, Roman beats Braun, and then I don't know what you do with the Fiend to keep him out of the picture no, until. No. The marquee Fing, match. Fing never had the title. He never had the title. <laughs> it was a fever dream. It. it was a dream. Never. It was a it dream. Was a dream. We, we never had that. The, pro- the, the prophecy is still there. We just well, we just got the mania wrong. It's next year's yeah. mania. Next year's mania. It's fine. It's next no, year, we man. we this mania isn't. This mania doesn't count as a proper WrestleMania guy. It's yeah. it's a strange AU WrestleMania. The next WrestleMania that has a crowd is the prophecy. Absolutely. This is when the Fiend wins the Royal Rumble. He beats yep. he beats Reigns at Mania. Yep. Or Brock. Oh. Yep. Oh, I'd, oh, the Brock would be good. I just want the Fiend to beat Brock. To be honest. Meant... What? But anyway, we will do half an hour on a prophecy. But Yep, sorry. We got <laughs> sidetracked here yeah. because this match was so nothing. We, we can't do that. To, to do we would literally uh, not get a word in for half an hour if we went on one of them. <laughs> Uh, to do what you, yes, Taddy, yeah. what did you think? You, you picked Braun, so you, I mean, the match was shit, but you picked Braun, so there's a point. There, there's no win in, in picking right here. Uh, <laughs> true. Um, yeah, it, the match was what it was. It's, it's pretty much the only way I suppose they could have booked uh, a Goldberg match at, at this stage of his career. I'm, I'm, I can't do these two move four minute matches anymore for for a good while. So. Hopefully that's the end of that for a while, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Um, interesting to see where this goes. I hope they turn Braun heel and let Roman chase him. As, as Alex said, the, that feud, that was probably my favorite feud that year, um, Braun and, mm. and Roman. I thought they got a lot out of each other. Rome, um, Braun being just this freak that's tipping over ambulances and stuff and trucks and stuff like that against um superman roman reigns i think could could do wonders for roman and just crown him at SummerSlam. just crown him um i know it's meant to be at wrestlemania but it's just unfortunate that it didn't happen for him this time this is the biggest SummerSlam ever <laughs> it's bigger than me they can't go another full year you cannot go another full year having roman beat you know baron yeah. again and try and you know go into the mid card he needs to have it sometime within the next six months. Hmm. So yeah, why not make simply because WrestleMania? Simply <laughs> because SmackDown has three people on it. <laughs> you can win the belt. Well, yeah, who else is in the title picture? That's what I was genuinely just racking my brain over. Unless you, you have Roman win it quickly 
and then some sort of authority figure takes it away from him, and then you then build again to WrestleMania. That sounds shit. I know. Yeah, just the fact that he was stripped of the title last time would make any subsequent stripping of the title just feel really hollow, I think. So. Plus, we're past, we're past authority figures. Sorry, he could continue. he could lose it by someone cheating or something like that. Do you get what? Yeah, I mean? that that would true. Yeah, no, that, that absolutely that who, would work. Who could but win money? Who could win money in the bank on SmackDown? Exactly. Oh. That's the question. I don't know. Bar- I don't know who. Oh, else. you can't. No, fucking not Baron. For fuck's sake, no. not Baron. I can't watch Baron v Roman Reigns again for the fuck and add a title. And can Roman the- win the the money in the bank and then set a match for WrestleMania against whoever is champion? Would that work? I guess, but it's still too long of time. We keep bracket. wasting yeah. money in the bank. Money yeah, in true, the bank's been shit for years. But also, is there going to be a superstar shuffle again you'd this imagine, year? I imagine. You'd, uh, Smackdown's fucking barren. It, 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 they've got <laughs> nice money. <laughs> <and hard. laughs> um, yeah, it's surely you take maybe Alistair, maybe Ricochet. And maybe, like, even if you do a minor superstar shuffle, you take four superstars from each brand, or maybe two guys, two girls. Mm. No, actually, because SmackDown's roster is bigger than that. SmackDown. Yeah, no, you're right. It's, it's you take flop. five from Raw and two from SmackDown, and you you flop them because yeah, the even SmackDown's if it's 10, roster. 10, I mean, what you could swap? You could swap the Fiend for Alistair Black and a, a couple others, or I don't know, even Seth or something like that. Yeah. Because Seth, Seth, without his cronies, if he goes to SmackDown, he could start it with some new cronies or something like that. Because if they're that all in, if they're all injured, he could go to SmackDown and restart or something. I'd probably keep Buddy with him. I think that was quite good. But um, yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be Seth and Edge. So that'd be good. Yeah, that makes sense. I think. Well, I think we, let's speculate when we get to the Edge match. But I think there's yeah. a few. There's a few people I think Edge will want to work with. Uh, maybe Dash Wilder after his 24. <laughs> um, mm. That was really good. Um, what match are we up to? Oh, what match are we up to indeed? <laughs> Alex, our new favourite TV show, Boneyard, <laughs> starring Boneyard, Mark Calloway. Season one. <laughs> is Luke Anderson and Carl Allos, Carl, Luke Anderson and Carl, Carl Gallows, is Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson actually dead? Will AJ yes. Styles' ghost come back to haunt The Undertaker? This is season one of Boneyard. <laughs> is, under, is AJ Styles now immortal and becoming The Undertaker? <laughs> yeah. Will AJ Styles come back as a zombie and go through every single one of The Undertaker's iterations? <laughs> We're ten years away from Biker AJ. <laughs> yeah, there we are. 50-year-old Biker AJ just rocking up. Oh, guy, this match was phenomenal. This match was just incredible. And in a, such a different way to the Firefly Funhouse match and the cinematics, but just, oh my, it was perfect. It was like an, a Sons of Anarchy crossed with a, like an old Western crossed with a mm. wrestling match. It was just completely brilliant. And I love the way they were able to be completely wacky without turning in, into... Because you you said, is this going to be... Um, Sharknado. Like extreme, yeah, Sharknado. Is it going to be like extremely shit, but funny because it's cringe, Sharknado? Or is it going to be like a wrestling masterpiece? They've sort of innovated a third 
a third way, which is sort of Good the ridiculousness of Sharknado, <laughs> yeah, but done in a wrestling fashion where ridiculousness is great. So you get the Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows retreating and random druids appearing and no one knowing <laughs> what the fuck they're doing there. But it's cool because Taker then turns full super Taker mode, takes them all out with punches, and you're just looking at it going, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> and it's, I've never, like, there was moments of laughter, but they weren't, oh, my God, this is terrible. It was, oh, my God, this is amazing because it's slightly terrible and slightly badass. Just so many incredibly cool emotions and not what I was expecting. And AJ's acting was sublime. And Taker looks like a badass when you can put him in great cinematography and like do really good cuts. And uh, so many amazing things about this match. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to do what I mean, let, let's start from the boring details. We now have Taker back, pro- uh, Biker Taker back properly. Happy? Do you think Deadman Taker was a bit stale? I think Deadman Taker should have been finished when he left his gloves and, and hat and yeah. stuff in the room. Yeah, you put yeah. him to bed and you bring, you know, he's got so many iterations that have all gotten over, which is already hard to do in the business to have multiple characters. Um, so I, I I love this dead man gimmick. Um, I think it's got legs. I think I think this one could go on for a couple of years, and it brings up so many other matches that we thought weren't going to be possible because of obvious physical limitations. You could have this match against Sting, for example. Oh. How many years have they have they wanted a Sting? Mm. Oh, don't do that. You I saw that touted and thought, yeah, that's perfect. Imagine. Guy, imagine having just like a crow standing there and then it vanishes and Sting actually appears. Oh, don't you dare. That sounds fucking amazing. It could be a season finale. (laughs) Yeah. um, That when he rode off, but obviously maybe not to take away the limelight, but when he rode off, that you could have like a crow flying in the background or fly past him. And that just leaves that little tease for later on. Um, but yeah, that's just fantasy booking to the extremes. Um, in terms of this match itself, uh, the moment AJ's entrance, like, and then he comes out of the casket, I, I did almost like a sit up, like, you know, on FIFA, like when your girlfriend scores against you and then you have to like sit up to take it more seriously. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it yeah, was one of the... Start taking it serious. <laughs> it that was, was that, of... You're right. That's the moment where you go, hang on, this is going to be actually <laughs> awesome. Hang on. There's something special here. Um, AJ was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. When he threw the leaves in Undertaker's face, <laughs> that was absolutely amazing. Quick. I think the even only when he's, even when he's like, "Don't bury me, don't bury me," you're just like, "Oh, AJ," and then Taker kicks him in the face. <laughs> That's why he picks him up for a cuddle. He's like, you did good, man. Yeah, you did, did good. good. No, I'm not going to bury you. you. You gave me a great fight. And you're just waiting, going, oh, yeah. oh it's, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Oh, yeah. It, no, it was amazing. I think the only thing that was missing, which is the obvious thing, was the Limp Biscuit music. Yes. But mm. other than that, it was excellent production. Um and as we said, this has now opened Pandora's box in terms of what they could do with The Undertaker. And, you know, he doesn't have to take any serious bumps. Um, you can bring in matches against people that we didn't think could 
could have matches with him and just keep this dead man gimmick going for as, as long as you want. This this was absolutely brilliant. Um, also, just I wonder if there's going to be any payoff with the Druids. I was hoping it was going to be someone, you know, like Reveal Kane or someone. But then when they turned in, it was obvious that they that wasn't the purpose. But I was uh, expecting care, yeah. like I was. Yeah, I, I mean, w- what a way to to end WrestleMania, and what a way to make it exciting for night two. And I think this is what makes having two nights of Mania so perfect, because you can end the show with this and still be able to end the show by making a Drew McIntyre, like giving him his moment. Whereas if this was mm. all in one night, I don't know where they put this. This get lost, yeah. Anything yeah, it'd get lost. Shit. And you could do the funhouse because you had Titus's reaction. Exactly. You had it. You could you could literally say, all right, now we're going to cut the Titus and just going to let the audience breathe for a sec okay. because the Boneyard match needed to be Taker riding into the, into, not the sunset, into the darkness, but with the fire in the background being like, yeah, this is cool. This is badass. This is a TV show. Whereas Five Live on House was just <laughs> bonkers. <laughs> Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get oh, to that. Yeah. We all picked Taker. Um, I think even I wasn't even stupid enough to pick AJ as an alternative pick for this one. Um, so hang on, what do we think they're going to do with AJ now? Because he he's dead, right? He come back as zombie. Undertaker killed a man. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you can just write him. There's no proper telling for a while, so you can write him off, can't you? Yeah, just have him return back and be like, oh, yeah, guys, you'll never guess where I've been. I mean, if the first proper show back is, or the second show back, say if that's the draft, I'd just have him turn up on SmackDown. Just move him to SmackDown. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Just a nice little reset. Yeah. Let Aiden do AJ v. Roman again. Happy days. Yeah. AJ with That'd the main awesome. title for a bit. Then Roman can take it back off him about Mania time. That works for me. Yeah, I'd like to see. The only issue, well, like, because AJ's been sort of, he's been really brilliant under Heyman. I think he's one of those characters that's really, really prospered under Heyman's watch. Um, and sort of, he's more oriented towards the Heyman style programming. Mm. Um, you know, WWE he, always think, oh, he's doing well. We'll fuck him off on the other show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, do, they literally always do that. Yeah. And to be fair, it worked really well the first time around with the original Smack. Well, sorry, not the original, with the new Wave SmackDown Seven ish, with AJ Dean, um, Dolph, Miz, Brian's GM. Yes, James Ellsworth was there. Um, so maybe, maybe they will do something like that again. Who knows? The SmackDown needs it. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Night two, Liv Morgan v Nat- Natalia. I did not watch this. Um, couldn't be asked with the pre-show on the second night. Um, but Liv Morgan won. Cool. Cool. Um, Charlotte v. Rhea Ripley. Probably the one going into the match where... Probably the least clear-cut winner, it's probably fair to say, because you could go either way. We had similar debates. And, and today, were Charlotte's now an XT champion. Vince, you beauty. You absolute <laughs> beauty. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck off. I, I hate it. I laughed for a good like five minutes after this match's conclusion. It's like Vince just can't help himself. I warned you guys. There was... And she was on Raw as well. Why was she on Raw? 
<laughs> There's no way in hell you're taking away Roman's coronation and then not having a Charlotte coronation. That doesn't compute in Vince's mind. Um, but in, look, in terms of the match itself, this was probably my favorite match of the weekend in terms of in-ring. I think we can put the, the, the cinematic mm-hmm. showcase to one side. The WWE were, cinematic um, universe. <laughs> yeah, that was just something special. But in terms of in-ring matches, this was my favorite match um, of the weekend. This is Charlotte Flair at absolute peak Charlotte Flair. The cocky queen that owns the WWE and she knows she owns the WWE because she's Charlotte freaking Flair. Um, she was cocky. She was confident. You could see in terms of the limb work. Oh my goodness. Like there's not many matches in WWE where they work the limb like as deliberately, Mm -hmm. deliberately as they did in this match. And not just that, the fact that Rhea sold it so well, you know, the, the hitting, hitting the knee, trying to get um, blood to circulate through the leg making sure that any spot she did that involved the leg, she she showed that it, uh, she felt pain in the leg, leg. Usually the mistake that people make is they sell the leg, sell the leg, sell the leg, then they're doing like topic on helos and then you know, <laughs> yeah. the to get up and stuff like that. And I'm like, that makes no sense. But Rhea was selling every single thing she was doing, even when she was doing her you know, standing standing cloverleaf, you could see she was leaning heavily on one leg and sort of like hobbling on the other, which is just perfect selling. Um, I I thoroughly enjoy this match. Once again, um, this showed why Charlotte is Charlotte Flair. And having this iteration of Charlotte, I think works really well. Uh, As much as I'm not her favorite uh, fan, I've I've got other wrestlers that I think... um, should have gotten, um, you know, gone over Charlotte in certain situations. But in this situation, if you're going to use Charlotte like this, it's absolutely perfect. And and it's just one of those Vince things where if you save the baby face in a submission match, what you usually do is you let them pass out. But it's almost like Vince was emphatically saying she's going to tap out because I've given you guys way too much and I'm that, back sitting <laughs> He was definitely there to film this one, wasn't he? <laughs> he was he yeah. was in the building with Triple H just watching it just like eh? eh? Vince, Vince was right. Vince was probably standing on that 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 perch thingy. <laughs> where, where he, he was, was, he was just, stood nodding like a Roman emperor. <laughs> he was stood there with Gronk and fucking Mojo, just like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> oh, dear yeah. me. Sorry to Triple H for the hard work you've done over yeah. the last year building so, Rhea. We're going to bury Shana. No, we're going to bury fucking company. <laughs> we're going to bury Shana. We're going to bury fucking Rhea. Let's get Io up here. Fuck that, bitch. <laughs> Uh, and my last point is just that I think Rhea got over before Vince was ready for her to get over. Mm-hmm. That's always a dangerous thing. Like if you get over before Vince makes you, he has to pull you back down and rebuild you in his own image before you mm. can be over. To be fair, I don't think it, I don't think it's destroyed too strong. I don't think it's damaged Rhea because. If there was a crowd there, I think people would have been appreciative in this match. And Rhea, I don't know why they put her in white ring gear. I think people said it was a a, uh, a nod Dragon to Dragon Ball Z. Ball Z. Yeah. 
which yeah. Ray is a fan of. But I think in her character, obviously, she's like a punk chi- uh, biker girl chick. God, that sounds fucking... Metal, metal hair. Metal hair, that's the word. Metal's better than biker chick, fucking hell. Um, <laughs> it, it just seemed a bit strange, but I like Dragon Ball Z. I didn't notice at the time, but I saw it on Twitter and like, yeah, that's Virginia. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I think this can continue. But Alex, rather than the match itself, feel free to add anything on the match itself. But this opens up so many more uh, possibilities. I think we have a, a women's number one contenders match in the ladder match on Wednesday, I presume. Um, it, what matches would you like to see Charlotte have from NXT? I mean, I mentioned Io I- there. That's probably the one, isn't it? Well, yes. Uh, on the match, everything Taddy said was absolutely right. It was fantastic. I agree with you completely, guy. I don't think Rhea was technically like was technically buried there because she was made to look like a champion that just. There's only lost. Becky who's beat Charlotte. Yes, and I when I first, when when Rhea came out, I was like, oh god, Vince, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, because I mean, I like I love NXT and Rhea is just she's been the hottest thing in the company for a good four months now. Yeah. Actually, no, further back Probably since longer. since November, I reckon, yeah. Uh, and then you just watch Charlotte and you go, oh, my God, she's – and this genuine – like, I've had this thought before, but I've always sort of pushed it aside to be like, oh, it's just like recency bias. It's recency bias. But, no, she's the best women's wrestler of all time. She is in 100% in my mind the Sorry. greatest women's wrestler of all time. She, mm. no one's done what she's done. She NW. carried the the evolution. She is technically the best wrestler in terms of putting on brilliant matches. She is probably the the most versatile. I mean, you could argue Bailey's heel turn has shown that Bailey's probably more versatile. But Charlotte's done heel and face. She's not a great face, but she's done it a lot. She's for me, yeah, without a doubt, hundred percent in my mind, the greatest women's wrestler of all time. And having her as NXT Women's Champion is just a fantastic opportunity because I think, yeah, you see her versus EO, that would be great. I think you could very much see something along the lines of someone like Candice or Tegan sort of working their way up and becoming the next big baby face. And Charlotte sort of has to knock them down. Um, I think it has to rebuild to Rhea at some point. But yeah, that's yeah, that's absolutely it. I think this will definitely eventually lead to Rhea coming back and beating if, Charlotte again. And if this but that's is, the thing, I think Rhea will year, stay in NXT for a while. To be fair, I, I could see if this is a year-long build to next year's WrestleMania, I could see Rhea there. Crowning moment there for Rhea. Yeah, no, absolutely. I could see that. If the, and that's when she... I mean, that could be when she moves up as well, mm. if Rhea wins it, and then because I I think she's going to stay in NXT for a bit. But NXT's women's division is so stacked that there are a lot of really cool matches that I think they could do now, which is sort of the best part about being an NXT fan. Um, but yeah, the women's ladder match is going to be interesting. I think it's it's what it's like: Chelsea Green, Dakota Kai, Tegan, Candice, Io. Uh, and probably a couple of others that I'm completely forgetting. But yeah, that NXT Women's Division is so stacked that, yeah, it's going to be great. Wait, is Bianca in it? No, Bianca's not in it. No, keep her, keep her away. Keep her away. <laughs> <laughs> unless she's, unless she's winning. Charlotte will bury her. 
Yes, she will. She will bury whoever the hell she likes. Uh, um, but yeah, over, I, I loved that match. To me, to their absolute credit, I loved that match, even though Rhea lost. And for predictions, me and Tadira picked Charlotte, and you picked Rhea, obviously. Um, yes. yes. Um, but we'll move on from that. I think this is definitely one of the match of the, the actual matches of the night content, because as I said, there's a cinematic universe in WWE now. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alistair Black v. Bobby Lashley. Um, we had no idea why this match was happening, but I'm glad it did happen because it was nice. But it was great. Yeah, it was good. It was only seven minutes, seven minutes twenty, but it was fun. It was fast action, and it made it made Alistair look like a badass. It made Lashley look like a threat as well, and Lana looks like that. <laughs> Lana looks like that. You can't, you can't just surprise me with brunette hair. Come out like that. Come on. She looked amazing. No, yeah, she's stunning, and she keeps wearing dresses that are more and more revealing, which I'm, I'm absolutely on board with. But crikey! Also, the finish was really well done. Like, yeah, Bobby would listen to Lana because Lana's constantly at her, like, in his ear, and Lana's saying, "Come on." crush him finish him destroy the myth of alistair black come on you can just destroy him crush him and then it reminded me of lana when she used to manage rusev when back when rusev first debuted she'd always be like rusev crush uh and rusev would do it and then of course that went wrong and alistair black counted with the the black mask yeah i thought it was really really well done to be honest yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um, I think we all picked black, didn't we? Um, to do anything to add, add for this one? Um, not for me. Just the fact that I can just imagine how impossible it is to run full pace into a black mass and trust that he's not going to take your head off. Um, yeah. The control that Alistair Black has with his feet is just incredible. I don't. I still. I've, I've replayed it a few times. I still don't understand how he didn't take his head off. That that that's just crazy. And and also, I think in terms of Bobby, this was probably the the cleanest I've seen Bobby in terms of in the ring. I thought he looked so crisp. He looked so polished in terms of all his moves that he was pulling off. He even pulled off a a power slam that was Randy Orton esque. Uh, Randy Orton's power slam is my favorite power slam, and. Bobby pulled one off. I, I, I was like, wait a minute. What? Um, yeah, I thought he improved a lot. And even the cockiness of blowing the kiss to Lana and then running for the spear added a little bit more character than we're used to seeing from Bobby. So, yeah, all around really good match. Bobby came out looking strong, um, you know, and Black just came off looking like a machine in terms of, you can do whatever you want to me. Just hope I don't land the black mass or it's all over. I, th- I think they've absolutely rescued um, that. It wasn't really a botch. It was sort of half a botch. The the Buddy thing, when Buddy kicked out, I think they've rescued it in terms of uh, being able to say that the black mass is i mean that's the thing you can say oh it's not protected anymore but it always was protected it's like how much does one blip affect a whole character i guess it's just a tagline of saying nobody's kicked out of the black mass on the main roster but people will say ah but yes buddy whereas now it does feel like it's back it's got that aura again i'll say that 
And if if it obviously they'll 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 bury it deep in the ground and, and never refer to it ever again and act like it never happened. But if someone were to ever bring it up, I've always thought they could come up with the trope of he kicked out an instinct. It it wasn't voluntary. Like, yeah, that's absolutely he, true. He kicked him that hard he made him kick out. Yeah, it was just yeah. one of those you know he was just having a fit after being booted in the end. Yeah, he was convulsing <laughs> in a seizure and his arm got up. But even, yeah, Teddy's right. They don't reference that stuff. But they can easily get themselves out of that hole if they really want to. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If, yeah. if this week has proved anything, is they can get themselves out of any hole. <laughs> true. Very true. Very true. Alex, it's time. It's time. We had Otis defeating Dolph Ziggler in what was a sub- actually a good match and one of the best stories told on the struggling SmackDown. And it it's like modern day... Man, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage and, and Elizabeth and it it's brilliant. It's so good. It needed a it deserved a crowd, but it was still so good. It deserved a crowd, but I mean I constantly hear stories of people who watched Macho Man and Randy uh, sorry, Macho Man and Elizabeth and they say they cried and that it was the most emotional thing most emotional thing wrestling's ever caused them. Well, I now understand exactly what they mean because when Matt, so the when Mandy came out low blow Dolph, like I leapt up and I went yes, get in, and like the emotion overcame me and I was like, but I was physically excited. I was like, yes, come on, Otis, do it because sometimes wrestling does get you. And then the bit, the best part was when Mandy kissed him because I thought they were going to go, oh, Mandy's just going to say, okay, Dolph, uh, sorry, okay, Otis, I'll go on another date with you. And then mm. Mandy got up into his arms and kissed him, and I, like, yelped. I went, oh, oh, yes! I was so happy for Otis. They've built Otis, and this is obviously mostly on Otis being brilliant, but they've built Otis's story from being just this this dude who, back in NXT, thought it would be funny to sort of just 
um, have a go at the at the classic, classically attractive girl, the, the hot girl that everyone wants, that no one would ever tip like Otis to actually get, and then he managed to turn that into the most successful modern romance storyline the WWE's done. It was even without a crowd, I, I, it absolutely deserved a crowd. The pop would have been monumental. But from my couch, all I wanted to see was Otis get the girl. It was just, it was amazing. 100%. 100%. And to do with <clears throat> Otis yeah, hitting the caterpillar, that sounded painful as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Not just that, the low blow sounded painful. Oh, oh, yeah, right in the balls. <laughs> that, 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 oh, that was painful. But I'm oh. I'm glad I'm glad I changed your guys' mind to, yeah. <laughs> to, to go with Dolph. Um no. Thanks so much. <laughs> but in 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 actual fact it probably lowered your expectations. So when it did happen, you guys got a bigger pop from it. Um yep. yeah, I'm I'm really sad that there wasn't a crowd for this. The the crowd would have gone insane um when Mandy came out and then beat up Sonya. And then got in the ring and and you know got got one back on Dolph. That that was such an awesome moment. That's the only thing I can take away from this um, this match was the fact that I'm I'm sad it didn't happen in front of a crowd. Uh, happy for Otis, and I hope uh, you know in terms of Mandy and and Sonya's build coming out of this, I really hope they turn Sonya into a beast because I I really dig her work in the ring and I think she could be an absolute superstar. Also, uh, I don't say this lightly. Credit to Dolph Ziggler, he did mm. his he did his role of cocky, arrogant douchebag that also wants to spoil and like just obviously thinks he's better than everyone. And then in the match, he sold brilliantly. Like like you said, guy, it was actually a fun match. It was genuinely they managed to convince us that Otis was the underdog despite being three hundred pounds and <laughs> a tank of a human being. It was a phenomenally done job. Absolutely, absolutely, and <clears throat> he may not have had the career that he probably deserves for his in-ring ability, but Dolph, if you're trying to make someone without oversaturating him, he's probably the most trusted guy. I know he's had too many matches against NXT call-ups and stuff like that, but he's great. I think he's great in the role he has at the mid, especially being a prick. <laughs> yeah, and he's getting paid a lot for it too, so yeah, mm. it, it really does work. And it stops him being as doing his comedy, which isn't funny. Yeah. Which is great for the <laughs> service to humanity. Oh, dear. Uh, predictions. Today we picked Dolph, and today we've been nice enough to give Otis to me and Alex because he, he tricked us. <laughs> he did. He deceived us. <laughs> uh, um, today I'll start with you on this one. Right. Edge v. Orton. I think this blew out expectations. Like I know we had, we've been praising the storyline and how well it's been told and stuff like that. But when it comes to the match, we've seen this in the past with Orton. I know this is motivated Orton, but we've seen in the past build-ups with matches with Orton, i.e. Kofi Kingston, uh, are great, and then the match itself are quite boring. Some people may have thought this went... Well, it did go a bit too long, but I don't think it affected it too much. But I thought this was perfect storytelling and the match itself was brilliant. I genuinely thought they could have shaved at least 20 minutes of this. I think it went, what, 36 minutes, 40 minutes? 36, yeah. 
my goodness. I, I personally thought they could have shaved, yeah, a good 20 minutes and given like 10 of those to Shayna and Becky maybe. Um, but in terms of the storytelling within the match, I agree with you. It was a well-told story. I think the fact that Edge has been away and he has had some acting gigs and stuff like that really helped in this in this match. Um, even that final scene where he's basically like in tears and he knows what he has to do to win this match, that that like takes your breath away. It was really, really well done. Um, I enjoyed the fact that they they shot it in the way that the camera had to chase them the mm. whole time. It wasn't a situation where like, oh, they enter a room and the camera's already there. Like how WWE usually does it. Like there happens to be a camera. It was like cameraman chasing there, cameraman maybe like got well, he got taken out in this match as well. Um I liked the fact that they were also it looked like they were improvising throughout the match. So you would see them enter a room, you'd see, you know, either Randy or Edge looking around, like, what can I use here? What can I use? And I think people that aren't as experienced as them usually just look straight away at the thing that they're going to be using and just walk straight up to it. And because, you know, they're so focused on just getting each spot right and correct. Whereas Randy and Edge took the time to look around. No, not that, not that, not that. Oh, there's a ladder. Grab that. You know, when, when they were in the boardroom setting, Edge sort of looks up at the ceiling. Oh yeah, I could use that to climb and then drop an album. Like, it was so well done from that perspective. I, I enjoyed that. I just thought it really could have been cut down a bit more. And the high, like, if you took a, a, an extended highlights of this match and made that the match, I think it would have been perfect. Um, and then just one last thing was the commentary on this was so dead. <laughs> it sounded mm. like they were commenting on golf or something. I don't know. I don't know what happened there. It's straight. I mean, Byron. <sighs> who gives a shit about Byron, but normally Phillips is good at stuff like this, at, at hype and stuff, and uh, yeah, you're right, it was like, it, golf's the perfect one, it was like, oh, he's hit him in the spare. I, I have a suspicion that it was a directive. I've, oh. because the start of the match, they were so quiet, and they were so like, God, this is gonna be violent, like, holy shit, this, like, they, like they'd been told that they were gonna watch something confronting mm. to just let the emotion play out on the screen. It seemed to me because Tom and Byron were so, I mean, they weren't Michael Cole levels of shouty, but they were so active for like the Seth and KO match, which was similar, but had a very different tone to it. So I think uh, I'm, yeah, I'm under the inclination that they were told like back off a bit, don't treat it like a over-the-top no DQ match because this is such an intense story. Let Randy in. But it had the adverse effect because you could hear too much grunting from Randy and Edge rather than the commentary mm. sort of describing it. Yeah. Oh, and but was dying at some point. <laughs> he, well, yeah, he genuinely sounded like he was wheezing his lungs <laughs> out. Like, oh, shit, Randy's got the coronavirus. That's not ideal. Yep. Yep. Uh, and for predictions... For some fucking reason, me and Alex picked Randy Orton. I don't know why I did that. What the what the hell was the point of picking Randy? Of course, it wasn't going to go on. But uh, one thing I want, because I I'm more inclined to agree with you, guy, with the caveat that it was ten minutes too long. But I get 
like, has there ever been a last man? Oh, has there been a last man standing match in the last ten years that we haven't come on here if we have podcasted after it and said mm, last man standing match went a bit long? Even Johnny yeah. versus Champ. Yeah, I was going to say that, that's easily their weakest match. By yeah, without miles. yeah, I I don't the the last great last man standing match I can remember is AJ Shinsuke, and that well it still went long. Was it uh, on SmackDown? It was on. Or was it in Japan? Yes. It, no, it was on SmackDown. Hmm. Yes, that's absolutely right, and it was great. But but again, they're restricted by time with SmackDown, mm. so it maybe might have helped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think otherwise. Like, yes, it went too long, but otherwise, the timing built to the perfect... Like, you needed that crescendo. We you got a needed nice tour the... of the... Pre- we got a nice tour of we the did, performance yes. center. Of the PC, <laughs> yes. It was, it was like, Phillips did nothing on commentary and then just went, this is the boardroom where people talk. Yes. It's like, what the fuck is <laughs> And this is Sean's office. And this is Regal's office. And this, this is like, the gym. Oh, yeah, thanks. thanks for that. <laughs> it's like, the storage room where we keep ladders. <laughs> Yeah, this is where all the letters come out. Oh god, thanks. But um, I think it was sort of a perfect crescendo to reach that emotional point because once it reached that point, you were on tender hooks. Like, yeah, they went around the performance center a bit too too much, sort of just hitting each other. But once they got to the point where it was intense and Randy was perching for that RKO, and then obviously they went up on the top thing and I kept wondering because there was a ladder off to the side and I kept going like no 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 don't jump off that don't jump off that don't jump off that um as it happened Edge decided to jump off something anyway but um yeah I thought it was a fantastically executed just emotional crescendo of a match that just made it go from oh this is going a bit long to okay this is a masterpiece this is phenomenal sort Mm -hmm. of work and yeah you're right this was this was a match perfectly suited to Randy and his style because it relied on emotion and it relied on the things that make his build up so good. And yeah, this is the one where he delivered. I reckon this is his best sort of deliverance on a match promising mm-hmm. a time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really enjoyed it. Um, Alex, I'll stick with you a bit of a quick one. Straight profits beat Angel Garza. Don't worry to the, you can talk about her. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but let's stick to the match itself with you, Alex. Um, only got six mins and we thought this might be one of the sleeper matches that could steal the show. And I mean, it had three iterations of the match on raw as well, which didn't help, but surprisingly it went this short, especially when you see people like Austin Fear, you'd probably think that is just absolute Vince porn. Um, but only got six mins. Yeah, I was surprised. My boy didn't get that much of a showing, to be honest. Um, I think this was basically just a vehicle to get Bianca there, because then on Raw, or maybe it was the fact that they didn't want to, if they had him go 15, and then you had the hour-long <laughs> three-match cycle on Raw, then all of a sudden that's a lot of Bianca Belair and, mm. and Montez and all that. But um, I thought it was a great way to debut her, because I was surprised. And although there wasn't the pop that I'm sure she would have got if she'd come out, um, the story was good because she knows the PC. Her husband was wrestling. Of course, she was going to be there to support him. And Zelina was sort of, yeah, sort of the perfect foil for that. So the match itself was slightly disappointing, to be honest. But other other than sort of extending it out of 10 minutes extra, I can see why they did it. 
Golden to do. What a debut. What a debut. <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting it, to be honest. Um, in terms of the match itself, yeah, I, th- I thought it went way too short and they didn't get, uh, you know, they, they definitely were reined in quite a bit. And I suppose it was intentional, as, as Alex alluded to, if you know that the debut is coming, you don't, you can't have like an epic match um, because it kind of then undersells the debut. Um, but other than that, um, I think um, Tom Phillips screaming from the heavens um, when when Ford hit the the frog splash. I think that should become a thing because he gets some serious height on that. Even his drop kicks are, are really insane. Um, and then, yeah, just the debut of Bianca coming in, I thought was perfect. Um, as a trio, I think they, they're really good. They look good together. They, they, the fact that they didn't mention too much that it was his wife, I thought was a bit weird. Um, they, they obviously addressed that. I think, I think they mentioned it towards the end and then they mentioned it on Raw again. So, so that's fine. Um, I just wonder if they, how long they can keep them together. Um, if they do keep them together, I still hope they still, you know, as the two factions in terms of the tag team and then Bianca as the single star, I hope they do get their own segments together and they're not always just combined together as a trio. Um, because Montez Ford, absolute superstar. He, you know, you always feel sorry for the, the other guy in inverted commas in a tag team that you know, Vince has his eye on 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 turning one of them into a single superstar, um, and then in terms of Bianca, she's an absolute star. Um, even the promo she cut on the Raw after WrestleMania was confident. It was hard hitting. She knew, you know, she she hit the lines. The whole "I go here now," all of that. She just screams absolute star, and I I hope that Vince doesn't. Vince her. Um, I, I just hope he gets out of her way and they allow her to to just run with it. Um, yeah, that that was that was all we could take out of this match. I think. I think Vince is a, is actually going to love her, to be honest, because I don't think she's the work rate NXT kind of gal that that Vince could spoil. Because if they if like she hasn't had a ridiculous sort of five star match, but her match quality is still excellent considering what she's what she's up against in terms of the male side of things on takeovers but then you've also got the intensity the promo ability the fact that she's very believable badass like she's she whips someone with her hair and you go far out that would have hurt like jesus (laughs) christ that looks savage because she makes it look savage so yeah she's if she doesn't become a star and then there is some very, very big questions that need to be asked. Yeah, yeah, and it seems like she is called up to Raw. <clears throat> Shane is seemingly on Raw without, obviously, official draft yet. And then it'll be interesting to see if Rhea just goes back to NXT and Charlotte probably do both. So looks like Charlotte will be replacing Bianca, <laughs> um, which will be interesting, which will be interesting. Um, Tadiwa. The women's uh, SmackDown women's fatal five way. Um, Tamina robbed again. Uh, no, <laughs> again, disgusting. Um, 
But this was, I'd have to say this is the surprise of the weekend, really, because I thought most people would probably think this would get 10 mins, be filler. But it was actually really good, told a good story in the match as well. Yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and as you said, it was such a pleasant surprise because this this was not something that you expected to be that great, especially considering how many people were in the match. You could think it could end up becoming a proper cluster. Um, my favorite line from the whole of WrestleMania weekend came when Michael Cole was like, Boss and Bailey almost got eliminated at the same time. And obviously, because it's an empty arena, and Bailey <laughs> just rolled out of the ring to where the was, she was like, "No, we didn't." <laughs> Bailey, Aunt, Aunt Pam Bailey is 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 my favorite character at the moment. She's just so good. Um, if you haven't seen it, watch her interview with Charlie Caruso afterwards because it is just she's it's Bailey's like lying down. I think it's Charlie. Oh no, it might be sorry. It's Kayla Braxton and. Um, Bailey's just lying down in the same way that uh, Kevin Owens used to do those interviews with like Tom Phillips and that in the backstage area. Oh. And Bailey's just, she's so funny. She's really funny. I need to go watch that. I need to go watch that. Um, yeah. In, in terms of the rest of the match, um, you could tell Tamina hadn't wrestled a lot of matches over the past year, but in her career. <laughs> yeah. But I, she was. She still fulfilled her role role really well. She played the monster really well, you know. Um, and and everyone jumping on top of her to eliminate her. It it fulfilled what she was there for. I thought, sorry, guy, it wasn't there to win it. Disgusting. It was just there to be the the big threat One that year. to to take away from. Um, and then I thought once everyone was eliminated, I really enjoyed the Bailey and Lacey kind of mini match that they had. I thought Lacey is another one that's improved quite a lot. Um, mm, absolutely. Pushed left a lot to be desired last year in that post-Mania feud against Bailey. I mean, Becky, against Becky. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I thought that that hurt her quite a bit. But to come back and then show the improvement she's had in the, in in that amount of time, she's she's done really really well. Um, and then that moonstalt, um, you know, that one where she jumps. The what you call it the hop the, hop the, the turnbuckle yeah yeah um I, I'm not sure if if I, I haven't gone back and looked at it but to me it it looked like she got just all knees on 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 Bailey's chest and I could hear Bailey like <gasps> like, like <laughs> I was not just a fake selling that was a proper yeah you just caught me um so I think that her and Charlotte's moonsaults for me are they they're not as pretty as as some people like to think they are. I think if you look at Humberto Carrillo, Angel Gaza, Io Shirai, yeah, th- those are people that that do proper moonsaults. For me, it, it doesn't look that pretty, so she still needs to work on it. But also credit to her for she's one of those that always seems to try and add a new item to her move set. Um, so so that was good to see that she added a few new things as well in in this match. And then we'll we'll see where this takes the the Becky and I mean the the Bailey and Sasha feud going forward. Yeah, certainly interesting with the finish of Sasha, firstly getting done in by Bailey, kind of he- trying to help her and then get uh, woman rated. Is that how you say that? That woman's <laughs> right was savage as mm. well. Copped her. Well, I don't know. I doubt she actually copped her in the chin because I think Sasha just sold it really well. But geez, it looked good. She's got a good working punch. Mm, yeah. Normal punches. She she's got one of the better ones. 
Now Big Show's back. We can have them two fight. Yeah. <laughs> Women's right versus world's strongest fist or whatever it's called. The WMD. <laughs> WMD. <laughs> WMD. That's right. You were stupid. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, team Women's right there. Um, yeah, it, it's certainly interesting. Uh, just for predictions, I forgot to do the Street Profits match, but we all picked Street Profits. Um, uh, I picked Sasha... Uh, Bailey was picked by both of you, was it? Yeah, I yes. believe so. Yes, it was. Um, I, on that on that feud again, another mention for the ruthless, ruthless aggression documentary. But I mean, it's good. Go watch it. Um, Triple H Batista. They make a point of, and Batista sort of says this, and Hunter says this, uh, and Bruce Pritchard says this. Basically, how Triple H just kept naggy Vince to not pull the trigger yet when Batista mm. was going to go um, face uh, and going to get a turn on evolution. And ultimately it happened with that really cool moment where he gave him the thumbs down. Um, but yeah, Triple H basically said, no, no, we got to keep pushing it out. We've got to keep pushing it out. We have to have the fans literally begging for it. And I have a, I get a distinct impression. Well, not just a distinct impression because it's what he does with NXT a lot of the time. I mean, look at Champa Gargano, but also even in the past, the the tag teams that he's sort of made their formation come together over a long stretch. I mean, look at the, the American Alpha story. That took a while. Uh, but yeah, I think Sasha and Bailey is very much going to follow the Hunter pattern of old school, really elongated long-term booking which is probably good all things considered because if they went straight into a feud now as much as we sort of all wanted it to develop i think if they went straight into a feud now it would almost be too like placeholder too tokenistic like oh yeah okay bailey needs another challenger they're just gonna turn sasha whereas if they get a proper story behind it it does strike me as more like the payoff will be greater. Put it that way. The longer they stretch it out, the payoff will actually be greater. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And whether it's it, it, you'd imagine it would be at Mania or our SummerSlam of of ages, um, yeah. it, it it should get the respect it deserves. And I went into this thinking, oh, the SmackDown title will be an, an afterthought, but after this, maybe they take it more seriously than I thought. Um, they just need more women. That's the, the, the reality is they just need more women because the match was really, really good. They're all being drafted to Raw. Yeah, it's very strange, that. Yeah. Very strange. Um, and there's not even any in NXT that you can sort of say, all right, come on up. I mean, yeah. Rhea, that's about it. Tony, maybe. But no, nah, I... She's already... Mm, she's she's kind of went... She's barely in NXT at the minute, is she? Yeah, she she's UK still in NXT went, UK because... Mm. Because she's facing Kaylee again, but if if she loses to Kaylee Ray, which I imagine she will, they I reckon her next stop's probably NXT. So you couldn't really do that. Um, and there's no one else. Yeah, you don't want to call up E or anything like that. Just no, not yet. Can't call up Candice, not yet. Maybe put Oscar on SmackDown and have Kyrie on SmackDown, but kind of separate them. Maybe maybe split them. Leave Oscar on Raw, turn Kyrie face, put her on SmackDown. Yeah. And just keep a crazy Japanese where he just does funny yeah. stuff. After yeah. I could work, I think. Mm. Right, enough of that, Alex. It's time. Here we go. Right. Is that what you're expecting? I don't know what I was <laughs> expecting, guy. 
<laughs> I, I, it wasn't that. When John Cena's entrance music hit, I was so confused. I was like, oh, what? It's a match. Are they doing it in the ring? Did they record something? Like, are they going to do a special effects thing in the ring? And then it was, welcome to WrestleMania. And the magic began. It. <laughs> Some people hated it. I loved it. You loved it. I think you liked it too. Are you confused by it? Uh, well, I think some people in well, Bo and Andy hated it. <laughs> the oldies, yeah. the old-fashioned dinosaurs uh, hated it. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. Um, right, let's let's break this down. We've done the intro bit where Cena comes to the ring and we're confused. Was I? I, I, I was genuinely disappointed when I saw him come out. To, I was. To the ring. Yeah, right. I, like, oh no! It's like, oh, they've pulled a fast one on us. I was, I was ready to be like, no, don't do this. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes, they tricked us. They tricked yeah, us. They, they, got, they, they got us. They got us. us in the first half. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that. So let's break this down. Right. So Bray's in the Firefly Funhouse on his original set, not the backstage one where it's just a blue wall. So it was obviously filmed where Bray did his stuff uh, back in the day. He walked through the door that nobody's ever came through, I don't think, uh, or where Bray appears from. And it says, do not enter for sanity, insanity or something like that. And and then Cena is teleported to the Firefly Funhouse where he has a nice chat with Rambling Rabbit and Sister Abigail, is it? Uh, and uh, Mercy the, the uh, what the hell is the he buzzard. called? Buzzard, that's it. Um, and he enters. And then... Alex, it, then, it's it's a it's an exploration of Cena's career. It is the perfect, strange, surrealist wrestling deconstruction. Because not only right, okay, the magic is in the content, yes. Because you see Cena's career completely pulled apart, and it's like exactly what Cena said would happen to Bray. But it's happening to, and we'll get onto that a bit later. But it's happening to, to to Cena, and it's his mind. He's pulling apart everything that Cena fears, right? And it's not like so that is all amazing. But then it's the details, guy. It's the fist. The fist set yeah. was there, <laughs> yeah. and it's the fact that he has those tights on, and he looks down, and he's like, "What the hell am I doing in these tights?" And then he looks up, and he sees Bray, and he's like, "No, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going." And it's the fact that he repeats ruthless aggression, ruthless aggression, ruthless aggression, which emulates the whole fact that that phrase was just hammered into the WWE psyche by Vince McMahon. And Vince is, and sorry, Cena was like trying to echo that. It's just saying ruthless aggression, ruthless aggression, ruthless aggression. And the fact that he, that Bray, ah, uh, just, it's just everything. It's just incredible. What? And there's so many details to pull out. It's how he was fighting. It's how at the start he was like, it was obviously copying is what he did back in, his debut against Kurt Angle and stuff like that. And then later on, you could see he was fighting it because obviously he'd been controlled by Bray. And uh, when he was doing the Hulk Hogan bit where he's picking up weights, he was like, help me. <laughs> yeah. I can't like, stop. What am I doing? I what am I doing? And then all of a sudden he clicks and he goes, oh yeah, muscle man. Oh, you, <laughs> you better bet brother, brother, that I'm going to run wild on you tonight. Oh, it was incredible. Oh man, but that's no, sorry. Keep going, guy, because I want to. I want to explore yeah. every little bit of it. Yeah. And what did we have after that? Was it the, was it NWO after that? 
Or was there something? No, in... first it was uh, Hip Hop Cena. Hip Hop Cena, and then his match against Big, I think it was Big Show when he first won his thing, and then JBL. So we, got do- yeah, we got Doctor of Fugonomics um, to deal with. With a sick burn. Right. Hey, obviously, me and I Alex love the this. The fact w- that he, he could only speak in rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And even that, uh, these nuts comments, like every little piece of it was so well thought out. Um, what a masterpiece for, for me. Mm. Uh, but we can keep going. <laughs> it's difficult to call it a match, but it's, it's, I think it's a probably, it's almost the hate it's got. If that was on AEW, I think people would be blowing their load over it. Yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. But also, I'm glad that most people, like even on the Meltzer forums, they adore this. They see it as just brilliant and they love it. Maybe not as universally as the night before, Mm. but it is still being revered as sort of this artistic genius. Mm. Absolutely. So we had... We got Doctor of Fugonomics, who we obviously got last year at WrestleMania, but now we got it properly. He's doing raps and stuff. Uh, then, then I think it was NWO, wasn't it? After Muscle Man and all that. Well, yeah. this is when it morphed to the that whole speech when Bray says, "You're not the hero, John. You're a mm. bully. You're a horrible person. You take the weakness of others and you turn them into jokes." Because he called you him fat, didn't he? For fame, John, and that I thought that was brilliant because it's from that Fugonomics character mm. where john was taking you know the mech out of everyone and then we, mm. we form into that and then wyatt then punches cena back into 2014 yeah and we got hobo G- hobo wizard bray <laughs> yeah yeah all the iterations of bray coming out and then um, i mean this it the ends redid sort the, of... the redid the match didn't they from 2014 yes exactly and uh the whole idea of Bray going, go on, make your decision now. Make the choice you should have made back then. And then Cena actually doing it, swinging the chair, and Bray's gone. Immaculate. Just brilliant. And then even the bit after that, a bit later, where he's pounding Bray into the ground, and then all of a sudden it disappears, and it's Huskus, who is the epitome of old Bray, um, mm. who John Cena called fat. Uh, it, it's just perfect storytelling. The one thing I want to say about the NWO thing is, um, yes, it was it was about John Cena's like perceived heel turn and what it could have been, and but it's also a comparison um, to Hulk Hogan. Exactly, and it's a comparison. Well, the fact that Hogan was called Hollywood Hulk Hulk Hogan, mm. and John Cena has gone to Hollywood, and it's just there's just so many layers to it, and then even. Bray with ducking out of the way and then saying, you can look, but you can't touch. It was just <laughs> incredible detail. And even the fact that as he came out as in, in the NWO like gear, then you have Puppet Vince, who was low-key <laughs> MVP of the city. Yes. <laughs> like, such good shit. <laughs> oh, oh, it's just wow. amazing. Oh, that is brilliant. The, the self-awareness of, of this whole thing was phenomenal. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. And I just wonder how, I wonder whether it was Vince who pitched that or I'm assuming it was either Bray or Bruce. Vince had sound, nothing maybe, to do with that. Not the I match, but was, that moment. I want to know mm. what they, what they, when he first knew. 
Because if he first knew when he first watched it, I guarantee you he would have pissed himself laughing. Because Vince McMahon is notoriously sort of self-deprecating when it comes to his character. Maybe not his real life persona because he hates people like mentioning him in interviews. But it's I just want to see the moment that's, that either Bray or Cena or Bruce or Jerry Borash yeah, comes to Vince and is like, oh, by the way, we're going to have your puppet say this line that uh, Dean Ambrose said on a, on a podcast. And it's going to be in reaction to this just ridiculous heel turn slash NWO fantasy that oh, much just... explained it. <laughs> yeah. Vince is really like, you're going to what? You're going to do what? <laughs> so, oh, man. man. Right. <clears throat> so we obviously get to the last bit as well, where it's finally in the ring. And we see the fiend for the first time in a in a great shot where he just kind of appears behind him and on, over the shoulder. Uh, and the fact that 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 beatdown is what created the fiend. I thought yeah, it was, it was a great. Yeah. It was a great. Re, it's a retelling of Cena's story and how he and became Bray's story. and 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 Bray's story absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then we finally see the fiend. The uh, I can't remember his submissions called. Uh, Mandible, Mandible claw. claw, that's the one. And does that... Does he just pass him out, or does he do Sister Abigail? I can't remember. He does Sister Abigail, does Sister Abigail and then and, applies it again. Yeah, and Jumper Bray pins him. Uh, counts the pin for the thing to win. Yep. So, obviously, as a match, there's not much there, but as a piece of storytelling, it's I have to say it's perfection. What do we think after this? Because it's now, through that, it's shown how John Cedar has been a bit of a prick. Is it time for a heel turn? Because <sighs> that's one of the I... gimmicks for the Fiend, is that everyone's changed after the fought him, apart from Goldberg, but that's not canon because it never happened and never did. It, it never, never happened. Never happened. No, never happened. Never happened. Um, I, don't, I think that ship sailed purely because he can't be full-time. And if you have a seen a heel turn, it should be full-time. But now I'm just so curious to see what on earth Cena's going to be like when he next comes back. Because, I don't know. Kudos to him as well, because he clearly loved the shit out of doing that. He put, he would, that was his best acting performance I've ever seen from John Cena. He absolutely loved every moment of that. So, what disrespect to Daddy's Hall. You bastards. <laughs> I'm sorry, that that cinematic masterpiece has skipped me by somehow. Um, but yeah, Jesus, I I don't think you can do it purely because of his schedule, but they're going to do something because he's going to come back at some point. I think I think it's happening. I, I, think it, I think it has to. That whole match was about him being a prick. I think it has to. It's kind of expanded the gimmick of people turning heel after the fault the thing. I think it's just explain that and how the process of it worked. I think it ha- I think he has to turn heel. Maybe he won't turn into a fucking cult leader or turn into a prick like Finn or something like that. But I think it'll open up a new way of him to fight I don't know, Daniel Bryan with a new gimmick, Roman Reigns with a new gimmick or whatever. I think it I think it's opened that up because we, we well we kinda talked about on the preview Roman Reigns V Cena makes all the sense in that. But you can do that. And if Cena's the heel, he'll probably get cheated, but you can still have him as the heel. I think I think it'll work. Even if it is just for next year's WrestleMania or Rumble season. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think you can for, for me, I think mm. the the line at the end of it, just before he gets pinned, the the whole line that they took from Cena's go home promo, where it said, mm. you know, it was Cena trying to, he was cutting the promo on Bray, and he was talking about Bray, saying this WrestleMania match is going to accomplish what should have happened six years ago, ending the existence of the most overhyped, overvalued, overprivileged WWE superstar in existence. And then it turns out that it's actually Cena talking about himself um, through this Firefly Funhouse. I think that actually is going to turn Cena into more of the baby face, if that's even possible. He's going to get a fucking cave. (laughs) (laughs) He now realizes that he hasn't been a babyface. He actually has been a dick this whole time. And that's mm. going to make him want to change his ways. That's a that's a good point, actually. Mm. That's a good point. So we could see him just put, do what he did with the US Championship and just put people over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he might mm. actually lose. That'd be interesting. And it's interesting that it all came about after Cena was going to say, you don't, I don't, I'm not needed at WrestleMania this year. I, I want to give young people their chance. And mm. yet... Bray showed him up to still be selfish, but also, guy, I was very, I was until Taddy just said that, I was almost entirely convinced that, yeah, now he's going to turn heel. So the reality is, I don't know. This, <laughs> I think this thing is just the fact yeah. that we, no, we do not he, have a clue. I think he could still do that as a big moment, man. Even if he's just there for two months or something, because if 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 fast. 12? Whatever the fuck we up to. It's filmed. <laughs> he could take a break after shooting a franchise. Because say if he's in the next Fast film, that'll take a year from production. So he could probably have not not work the whole year as WWE, but he might have more time on his hands. So hopefully he can do somewhat of a slightly extended run. Um, but anyway, that'll be for questions. Maybe we'll get some answers on SmackDown, but it might be too soon. Uh, but Hopefully by the time crowds return, we might get an answer in the Cena debate. And it'll be interesting. Well, where, where do you think The Fiend goes from here? I mean, we, we mentioned maybe work take it off Braun, but I didn't like that. But SmackDown's quite barren. There's not really many people he can work with. Become a legend killer. Adopt Randy Orton's legend killer gimmick. Don't <laughs> put the title on him every... Like, we've seen put, having the title on him what what corners they back themselves into mm. and we don't want that situation again for a long time with him in my opinion i think he should just take up legends taker yeah i, I agree eventually taker in a cinematic match here oh. next wrestlemania taker boneyard match two boneyard fun oh Take my money. Take my yes. money. No. Inject, it, inject it into all my fucking veins. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see Take and Don the old purple suit, the purple suit that he debuted in. I want to see him just dressed in the most ridiculous shit, and then I want to see just Bray torture Undertaker's mind because and, and, and oh. teleports to a cemetery. Oh, and then the fiend and Bray appears. Bray gets uh, Bray. Jump get, I just realized if that happens, we're gonna get Bray Wyatt dressed as um Hobo Jesus. Paul Bearer. As Husky Harris. As Paul yeah, I think he could pull that off. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be fucking amazing. That'd be glorious. And then if you put you put Jumper Bray in a grave and then the fiend appears behind Taker. 
Oh my god. So many incredible like doesn't think this like the cinematic universe of WWE has genuinely unlocked just a, a wealth of opportunities now. That, it, that, the, sti- the, sting, the, the sting shout is great. The v- uh, fiend V Taker worked. I mean, you could do f- fiend even maybe not as the payoff match, but if you do fiend V Reigns like this, it could work. Even if it's just a SmackDown bit, you could do it. It's like the yeah. home show. And the it doesn't have fiend, to be, it doesn't have to be half have an hour long. Yeah, and we don't have to be so careful about the Fiend losing now. Like, he shouldn't lose. But not to a fucking it's not a suplex. No, not to a fucking suplex. <laughs> but we don't have to be so careful about it looming over now because we can just focus on... Because Teddy's right, he shouldn't be anywhere near the title again. Uh, and if mm. he's going to be a legend killer, I was literally just playing back in my head. He could end... What legends are there? Well, show's technically still around, like we saw. Taker, Kane could come back. Wyatt versus Kane would be great. Um, and Foley again. Yeah, definitely do Foley again. A day in your you life could, via the fiend. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. you could see that. That'd, That'd be, be great. Right, I could definitely see that. Um, you could technically bring Angle back if you really wanted to, but I mean, he sort Take of ended up with Corbin. Triple H? Yeah, well, the Hunter's, that, the Hunter's very, very, very picky about who he wrestles, though, now. I think he'd want to work, Bray. They had that moment yeah, at Royal I, Rumble, I, I didn't they? I absolutely agree, but I think if he works Bray, he'd want it to be like a retirement match to be like... Well, I think he'd want to be retired by, that. I don't know, Gargano or something. Yeah, actually, that's true. Champa, yeah, that's a very good point. But um, no, I, I, yeah, I love the idea of a legend killer, Bray. Yeah, I think he could work him... I was going to say Luke Harper there. <laughs> Maybe not him. Mm. Eric Rowan, um, Braun, p- probably post-title. It doesn't all have to be cinematic, but there's sort of, you can he can work even if it's just back to classic feuds. I think he could do quite a bit, really. Him v. Baron could be fun if he just fucking follows around Baron Torture. <laughs> it would be, be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, me and Alex will, want, will do Prophecy 2.0. And yep. one of these we'll podcasts. Um, main event. Um, Teddy, were, we obviously criticized, well, we didn't really criticize. We got what we expect of Braun v. Goldberg. Was Drew v. Brock similar to that? But it, this one needed a crowd more because of the near falls. This is what we get from Brock Lesnar nowadays, especially against bigger lads. But without the crowd, did the near falls just feel meh? Especially kicking out of the F five at one, mm. that the, the 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 false finish of all false finishes, um, and that would have yeah that definitely needed needed a crowd pop for that for that reaction. Um, I thought Heyman did well acting as the sole crowd. Um, I, I I thought he played his role really really well. I did think it was exactly the same match as the the previous night's uh, top title match, in that it's basically two moves going over the, the span of, you know, four minutes or however long it, it went. I think that the only thing that was better in this match was the fact that, um, one, it was really hard hitting, and two, when Brock wants to sell, it really pays off. It really looks cool when, when he goes all out to sell for someone, and I thought he did that for, for Drew here. It's just a shame it wasn't in front of a crowd. And Happy Drew is the first uh, Great Britain champion. 
um, just his whole story of going away, realizing, you know, I mean, when he came into the company, he was anointed as, you know, Vince's man. He was Roman Reigns effectively. Um, mm. And to then be kicked out the company, have to go away, rebuild yourself, come back and have that appreciation of hard work and, and what it takes to be the man. And then to get there, I'm, I'm just happy for him as, as a person. Should have been Wade Barrett. <laughs> <laughs> he should have been jump at some point. Um, he should have been the first champion. Yeah. Um, yeah, Alex, what did you mean? I mean, the match itself, I think it's what we expected. As we, as we mentioned, I think we all agree the crowd was missing there. Um, but what, what do you make of Drew? Obviously, the Raw afterwards, it's not really canon. I mean, the big show stuff, it's just to get the Netflix show fucking some advertisement in it, let's be honest. But what, what what do you make of Drew as the champion? I think you, you've said you expect Seth will be one of his ch- uh, challenges, which makes all the sense and, and stuff like that. But Drew, I mean, if you're building up a WWE superstar, it, it, as I said, Vince McMahon porn, that is, it's, it's him, especially now that he's seven foot tall. Yeah. Um, I think we sat here when the Rumble was coming, and, coming up and we said, Drew's our sleeper but purely because they've built him up to basically be the hottest thing in WWE right now and this is the payoff he is genuinely the hottest the hottest sort of usurper I'll say for lack of a better word of uh of Brock Reign since I mean Seth was sort of hot but he that didn't go well um uh, because he was annoying little shit so yeah he's he's probably the the one to make the Brock rub last the longest i reckon purely mm. because he's, he's he is like you said everything vince wants he's huge he's boss he's got the intensity he can talk and he's got the finisher um yeah the match definitely needed a crowd but credit to all three because brock sold like i well not that i've never seen him before because he's brilliant at it but he sold like a million bucks drew was super intense uh and the kick out at one was really silly but at the same time I'm always sort of like uh, it's it's a Brock match, so it's not really abiding by the laws of wrestling. It's abiding by the laws of Lesnar. And Heyman was crucial to making it, um, to giving it a vibe that the – well, no. Okay, Goldberg doesn't sell in the same way Brock does, which is the first difference, but also Heyman was there to give it that that sort of elevated there's a lot of stuff gold <laughs> brock could do that gold emotion, can't. Yes. <laughs> yes that is correct like wrestle all, yes <laughs> and yeah like emotion. wrestle properly <laughs> and story uh, tell deliver us yeah deliver a de- deliver a, a look at the camera that doesn't make him look constipated uh that everything like that but i i think it was actually it wasn't like brilliant but it, it did what it needed to do and I think that's sort of what we needed to go home mania, sort of like, yep, cool, we're done, we got what we wanted. Absolutely. And for a main event, it's not going to be remembered for the match and when people do lists of best WrestleMania matches, it'll probably be down quite low. But in terms of a moment, <clears throat> obviously in very strange circumstances, do you think Drew being crowned, the moment will be judged on his run rather than this moment? Yeah, 100%. Hundred percent, especially because he didn't get the fireworks and all of that. Um, it will be remembered on how how he carries the title after this. And I think even the fact that um, you know, if you look at post Mania Raw, 
he ended up then having another title match straight after it against uh, Well is the Big Show. He needs um, he needs that tune, <laughs> That was the best one. <laughs> um, the fact that he had that straight after it probably even shows you that WWE feels it wasn't enough. Um, and, and it's weird saying that, you know, for someone that's just beaten Brock Lesnar. But it's it's all about hitting the ground running and making him, you know, a, a worthy champion and, and making that title run mean something. I mean, anytime you beat Brock Lesnar, it's a shame if you don't um, push on from there. And we saw what Seth, Seth struggled after beating Brock. Um, I, I just hope Drew can capitalize on this. When do you think we see Brock? This is a question to both of you. When do you think we see Brock next? What's he going to do next? I hope he works with people, just have good matches. Like, we've dreamt of the Alistair Black match. Mm. Like, there's a natural progression. I mean, he's beat Bobby Lashley, who's a part-time cage fighter for a handful of matches. If he just goes around knocking out big lads, it's going to lead up to Brock at some point, you'd think. So if it builds up to Alistair Black, maybe he can work. Who could piss off Brock? I mean, could Brock hop shows now? He's not a champion. That's what I was thinking. I wonder. He pretty much fucked, he remember, just went, oh, I'm going when to Raw. Yeah. yeah. Hey, he was just like, all right, fuck off, I'm going to SmackDown. And then, oh, fuck off, I'm going to Raw. Yeah. Like, all right, see ya. Taddy, do you, what do you reckon we see Brock do next? Yeah, I, I hope he switches shows just to get some freshness. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's Lashley. Lashley yeah, that makes been, sense. That, that it's it's one of the main reasons Lashley came back to WWE is to have um, to finish that feud with Brock. So I wouldn't be surprised if they they build that up. And uh, I, I don't know. Who sense. Yeah, makes it. sense. Makes sense. Yeah, I could see. We've got to, no, we've got to finish the thing uh, at the background, isn't there? Um, we've got to finish the feud with what's Mexican his? guy. <laughs> I've forgotten his name. Oh, Christ word. on a bike. RT? Is it RT's? No. No, no. Oh, um. <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> going well. Name? Jesus. Let's go well. Um. Do, do, do. MMA dude with do. the weird chest. Vasquez. Vasquez. Yes. 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 What's his first name again? Kane. Kane Vasquez. Hey, the, la- the last Yes. Yes. Yep. We, we we remember him. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that, I think I think it'll be. I think he could do Bobby. Then he could do him. And then at some point, I'd like Alistair Black, but that's probably the least likely. But I think Bobby and Ken Velasquez are probably next. The issue with Black is he has to win. in the wings, in my opinion. Say that again to you. Sorry, it's still a Dominic versus Brock feud. That's oh my yeah. god, yes. Oh yes, absolutely. Oh, you know what? I'd love do some more Joe again. That'd be great. Oh, yeah. He needs to be fit though. True. Don't do fucking adverts. We have to go through a table. <laughs> no, I do not want. Well, also, I don't want him to be facing Brock if he's not, if he's still suffering from concussion. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, you might want to keep a concussion or two in the bank if you're fighting Brock. But I'd yeah. lo- I'd love to do. I'd some more. I'd probably prefer some more Joe than Alistair Black, to be honest. That was so. It was so good, but it was so short. And it, without a title, I think you could do it so differently. But the trouble with Black is Brock needs to win his next feud, 
and Black yeah. can't lose any feuds from here on out. I think it, 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 Brock can beat Lashley. He can beat. Well, maybe Kane needs to beat him, but that's the thing. If you want, if Kane's actually going to be in WWE, he has to beat Brock at some point. Yeah. Mm. Could be Gronk could be his next feud. Oh Fuck. God, no! Please, Jesus no. Christ! We've went the no. whole pod without mentioning, <laughs> apart from him being there. But fucking hell! But but guy, he's training in the performance center, and he's signed to a WWE contract. <laughs> Tyson this Fury. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Brock v Fury was one of the rumored fights. I know Fury's a champ now, so it might be more difficult. But if Fury, if Fury gets Wilder out the way again, which he probably will, because Wilder's shit, you could see Fury. You could see the world boxing champ be Brock Lesnar. So that's still a while away. So what do you yeah. do with Brock until then? <laughs> he doesn't fucking appear that often. <laughs> that's like <laughs> two. Bro- I, that's I like two Brock performances. <laughs> no, I, think... I reckon you'll see him when we get fans back. I don't even think he'll be at SummerSlam. To be honest. I oh, hope he is. We're pushing this eight night extravaganza. So we need a Brock match. <laughs> Unless you're doing Drew v Brock again. Main eventing night seven. Yeah. <laughs> He'll have be the first match or the last match of day day twenty four. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, I think <clears throat> I think you have to maybe do Drew v Brock again at SummerSlam when there's a crowd and shit like that. If it, SummerSlam is not that far away, so there might might not even be a crowd for then. But uh, whatever the next big pay-per-view is, maybe you just pretty much do the WrestleMania card again with tweaks. <laughs> um, well, money, money in the Bank won't happen, will it? No. 21st of May, not, not happen. You could maybe do just the Money well, in the, the Bank ladder match. The, I think they'll do it without a crowd. I think they'll do it... Oh, so you reckon they'll do it without a crowd? Yeah. The uh, fact yeah. that they're, try- they're planning on going and on sh- starting shooting live again Mm. of this coming SmackDown shows they, you know, they're not stopping. True. It's true. They're planning. True, true. But anyway, overall thoughts, just before we hit two hours. Sorry again, listener. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first thing we said, we won't go two hours, but here we are. Um, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Same. Yeah, I loved it. Thumbs up for me. As you said earlier on in the pod, Alex, I mean, the ladder match onwards, I thought it was pretty much perfect. Pretty much perfect. So, yeah, big thumbs up from me. Um, one of the better manias, just a shame it didn't have the, the crowd. But if we if we had a crowd, we may have not got the cinematic universe. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but anyway, this has been the Pro Wrestling Index reviewing WrestleMania 36. Are we calling it 35.5? 36, technically. Um, And yeah, we enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, Thank you, you two, for joining me. Goodbye. (laughs) 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.